you. When you find yourself in a life without hope, you can find yourself in a life without joy, without promise, without potential. Everybody say, we all need some hope. I hope it doesn't take too long to set this message up. <laughs> Say it with me again, hope. Okay. Then the metal, the other metal bucket, Mike, the other galvanized bucket. Okay. I hope. Okay. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah. There's a passage here that I want to read. Now over here, Mike, that one. Put it in between those two tables, if you would. There you go. Thank you. In uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 3, it says, Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shearjashub, thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool and the highway of the fuller's field. Everybody say, at the end of the conduit. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word because it's life. And God, without it, we have no hope. You did more than just give us a word, Father. You sent us a word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. I pray today, Lord, that you'll dwell in us. God, this week we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And we'll sit around and we'll eat. And, but I hope that we're thankful, thankful for all that you've done for us, God, and remember about your promise that reaches beyond a current circumstance and can change a life eternally. We give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you for just a little while today on hope at the end of the conduit. Would you say that with me? Hope at the end of the conduit. I started thinking about this hope, and I, I, when I read that scripture, I thought about the conduit, and I realized that, you know, since the fall, God has been trying to get something to us. The question is, is, are we willing to let him? We struggle with problems and trials and tests, and oftentimes we're so busy with our struggle that we forget that he's the answer to every problem we face. Amen. We have to make up our mind that we're going to walk through life with him Amen. or we're doomed to spend eternity without him. Everybody say it with me one more time, hope. So in the beginning, when God made man, he made Adam. Everybody say Adam. That's your cue, Adam. When he made Adam, he made Adam to be in communion with him. Let me borrow you just a second, Adam. So he made Adam to be in communion with him, and Adam was with God. I mean, he was right in the midst of everything. Think about this. The Bible said that Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord, that God spoke to Adam directly, not through someone, but directly. But what happened to Adam? Everybody say he listened to Eve. <laughs> Now, see, isn't it odd? Isn't it strange, though? Stop and listen to me for a second. That we're always trying to pass blame. Where Adam knew better, but he didn't do better. 
Anybody ever been there before? The Scripture said, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Adam should have come to Eve's rescue, but instead he partook of Eve's sin. Now think about this. What if Adam would have seen what Eve would have done and said, Eve, you've you've sinned before God. Eve, we need to take this to God. Let's go to God together. It could have been redemption. Just because you fall doesn't mean it's final. Failure isn't final unless you just refuse to get up. And so instead of running to God, they ran from God. And God had to go looking for them. And when God finds them, they lose that position that they once had with God. And now they're outside of the perimeters of God. And I need my bucket lady. Everybody say a bucket list. I got a bucket lady. Hang on just a second. There we go. All right, scoot in this way. Right there. You got it? Yeah, this one right here. So God has put them out, but he hasn't done away with them. Everybody say he still loves them. He's still working on them. Everybody say, I wish this worked. (laughs) See, that's my whole point right there. You can have everything set up right. You can go to church. Everything can be, oh, I praise God. How you doing? But if you're not connected to the source, you ain't getting nothing. If, if, if you, I mean, everything looked right, didn't it? Can you believe we did this intentionally? I wouldn't believe it either. But when you're not connected to the source, you're not going to get any power. Everybody say, power up. Now, here's the problem. Is good help. <laughs> no, I told him specifically not to do that. Mike. I've got power, wonder-working power. In the blood. Don't anybody get nervous. So God, can you see that? If you can't, get up and move. So, So God is flowing through us. Now think about this. How many of you have ever messed up? If you've ever messed up, stand up. If you're not standing up, you're lying. Everybody, everybody, you can sit back down. Everybody has messed up, right? Everybody has messed up. But when we mess up, God doesn't shut us off, right? He just finds a way to get it. Hold it up. He, he just finds a way to get it to us. That's a good time for you to do your thing. He just finds a way to get it to us. And so what happens what? Oh. See, even, even, even when you are trying to get away from God, you can't really get away from him. He just, even when you're pushing him back, he just keeps coming in, doesn't he? And so I thought about this conduit situation where because he had everything going perfect for him, Yeah, just hold it up. There you go. He had everything going perfect for him, but he messes up. Everybody say he's messed up. So now God's determined to still get us back where we were. So Adam comes along, and after Adam, 
Seth came and after Seth, you know, and all these guys come and then Abraham comes into the scene. Everybody say Abraham. Oh, that's good. Just let it leak there. Okay. And Abraham gets connected into the mix. Everybody say, get connected, Abraham. Everybody say, move, Natalie. And when Abraham gets connected into the mix, all of a sudden, the promise continues to flow. And it's going to, through Abraham. Everybody say, through Abraham. And then from Abraham comes Isaac, and from Isaac comes Jacob. Come on, Jacob. I know you've had 12 kids, but come on. So he goes from Jacob, and then he, and and it just keeps getting further and further away from the source. Everybody say, it's taken a while. After Jacob, you know, Jacob has his 12 boys, but the one that gets connected in the line is Judah. Everybody say Judah. Judah. Why Judah? Because that's what God wanted to do. You, you, I mean, it's not rocket science, folks. You, this is not Burger King. You don't get it your way. Burger King used to have that commercial. How many of you remember that commercial? Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. This is not Burger King. You don't get it your way. You've got to take it God's way. Everybody say God's way. And so think about this. Adam messes up. It goes to Abraham. Abraham has a son, Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob's got 12, and it goes to Judah. Everybody say Judah. And what's going to come through Judah? A lion. Everybody go. The lion of the tribe of Judah. So something is coming. But we've still got to get to him. Everybody say the conduit. Then after, now check this out because there's some other people that show up in this conduit that makes you think, man, things are really starting to get messed up here. We got Rahab in this conduit. Hey, Rahab. (laughs) This is got no reflection on the person that's holding it. But Rahab made her living less than an honorable way. She was a prostitute. But she had hope in God. See, this is what you got to understand. You don't pick who gets saved and who doesn't. You don't get to hold out your ruler and measure everybody because if you did, nobody would ever measure up to your rule. But because God is a merciful God, uh, God's able to reach in for someone like Rahab uh, that came to him not through her pedigree, uh, but through her heart uh, and said, we've heard about this God of yours. I'm asking you to remember me. God takes great delight in remembering those that remember him. Any of you ever forgot God? But then one day you remembered. And when you remembered, God was able to set everything right. Rahab's in there. Another woman shows up in this line is Ruth. Everybody say Ruth. Where are you, Ruth? Come on, Ruthie. Ruth shows up. And you know Ruth's story. I mean, Ruth, Ruth is not even an Israelite. She's not Rahab, but she's not an Israelite. Everybody say she's not an Israelite. She's from another land. She's from the land of Moab, man. These people worship false gods. And all of a sudden, the only reason she shows up here is because somebody that knew God ran away from God's promise. Isn't it odd how that scripture said that everything works together for God? good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. He didn't say that everything that happens is good. He said he works it for good. So Elimelech that runs away from the promise of God and goes in the land of Moab dies. 
His son dies, but not before they take wives. One of the wives is Ruth. Naomi gets ready to go home, but during the time that he's, she's been married into this family, Ruth, I mean, Naomi has poured into Ruth about who God is. And then all of a sudden, Ruth is having a bad day. I'm sorry, not Ruth, Naomi. Everybody say Naomi. How many of you have ever had a bad day? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you tend to have more bad days? And We're going to pray for that right now. <laughs> Naomi starts looking at everything that she's lost, and she forgets what she has. She tells Ruth to go back home, to go back to her gods, to her people, because I've got nothing to offer. Ruth isn't following Naomi because she wants something from her. She's following Naomi because she's found out about Naomi's God. And she looks at her and she begs her, said, you can't make me go back. I'm begging you, don't, don't tell me about this God of yours that's able to part the sea and that's able to defeat the Egyptian army. Don't tell me about that God and then tell me that he can't be my God, that I have to go back where I came from, that he won't touch me, he won't love me, he won't help me. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what your situation was. You serve a God that will help you, that will rescue you, that will save you if you'll let him. There's hope at the end of the conduit. So Ruth comes and she ends up coming back to Israel with Naomi and Ruth gets married and, and all of a sudden from Ruth comes, she, she, you know, it goes down the line and David shows up. Everybody say David. Who is David? Oh, some kid taking care of sheep. Some kid, everybody say some kid. But God saw more than a kid. Don't give up hope just because people are criticizing you and all people see in you is a shepherd or a child. still coming. Everybody say a trickle. When David showed up, God did something. God said, I found a man that's after my own heart. So I'm going to do something for David's household. And he sends a flow through David that will last to the end of the conduit. He becomes a king. Now, does David ever mess up? Thank you. Who said that? David did. <laughs> David messed up and David recognized he messed up. Here's where we get in trouble. It's when we mess up and we don't recognize it. When we mess up or we're blaming our mess up on somebody else. That's why Saul is no longer king. Because when he offered the sacrifices and he wasn't supposed to, when Samuel came and he said, what are you doing? Saul's response were, well, the people made me. And then another time he looked at Samuel and he said, all this happened because you didn't show up on time. Isn't it odd how that there's always somebody else to blame? But what God is looking for is someone that's willing to accept responsibility and when David gets caught concerning Bathsheba, he said, let it rest on me, let God do what seems fit, and he's ready to lay it all down. As a matter of fact, in Psalms, David writes about that encounter, and David's response to that encounter is, look, can I put it to you in plain English? He's saying, look, you can have the throne and the crown, just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I can live without being king, but I can't live without you. I can live without the new car. I can live without everything going my way, but I can't live without the way, the truth, and the life. I've got to have him. Everybody say, got to have him. 
And so David, from David comes Solomon. Everybody say Solomon. Oh, man, we're in, it's in Solomon. Man, when Solomon comes to the kingdom, everything's going good at first. Everybody say, it's going great. Things are flowing. Things are moving. He builds a kingdom. Everybody say, it's coming. I know it's coming. Uh, careful. I believe it's coming. There it comes. Everybody say, it, it takes longer and longer the further away you get from the source. I want you to remember that. So Solomon comes in, and he's the wisest man. How could a wise man be so foolish? 300 wives. One is enough. And I thank God for her every day. I, I don't know what I'd do with 300 of her. I, I just, you know, I mean, I thank God for the for she's great, and I love her. And honey... And, in, and, and if that's not enough, on top of 300 wives, he's got 700 concubines. One will get you shot. I heard Tammy over here say, that's right. Slap Rick. Don't even think about it. Are, are you with me? So now God's upset and he's saying, you know what? This kingdom's about to split. And it does. It divides. And it becomes a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom gets referred to as Israel, and the southern kingdom as Judah. And Judah is the kingdom that's connected to David. And God made David a promise that I'll never take the kingdom away from you, that an heir will come that will sit on the throne and reign forever. But the flow is getting weaker and weaker. And Ahaz comes. Everybody say Ahaz. Now, Ahaz shows up. And that's what happens. You spring a leak. Ahaz shows up. And this is the scripture that I read from. Ahaz, when he comes to the kingdom, Israel and Syria have joined together and they're going to fight against Judah. And Ahaz is afraid and he's fearful. And so God speaks to Isaiah and he tells him, he said, I want you to meet Ahaz down at the end of the conduit by the fuller's field. Because now this thing has gotten some distance from the source. Ahaz is just holding on by a small, small stream. And now people are getting ready to come and fight him. And he doesn't know what to do. But God makes Ahaz a promise at the end of the conduit. He goes to Ahaz and he tells him, he said, I know you heard about Israel and Syria going to war against you. You don't need to be afraid about that because it ain't going to happen. And he said, and just, just so you know it's not going to happen, just go ahead and ask a sign, anything you want. I don't care how high it is. I don't care how deep it is. Just ask any sign you want to ask. And Ahaz looked at him and said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And what the answer he gets may not be the one that he expected. Because in Isaiah 7 and verse 11, this is what the Lord says. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. God with us. Now, look, man, it's been a long time since Adam, and things aren't moving very powerful at the end, but there's hope at the end of the conduit. In Isaiah 9 and 1, it said that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And then in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Everybody say no end. But then... 400 years, put your finger right in there, 400 years of silence comes. 400 years where nobody's hearing anything and it seems like all hope is gone. Everybody say, all hope is gone. It seems like nothing's going right and that promise, that flow isn't moving But all of a sudden, the silence is broken. 400 years of darkness, 400 years of nothing, and an angel shows up and talks to a young girl and says, (laughs) okay, let your finger out. This This is Luke 1, 30, 35. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is born will be called the Son of God. Everybody say, the Son of God. Then Joseph shows up. When Joseph comes on the scene, there's barely a trickle left. And Joseph gets plugged in, but something's going to happen. Now, put your finger there. Now, God does something nobody's expecting. God makes a disconnect. Everybody say, he's doing something different now. It's supposed to have come from the tribe of Judah. It should be coming from David, everybody say David. But do you understand that the further away these people got from God, the worse things got. You guys can break apart. Just drink your water. Okay, go ahead, shoo. I mean, not shoo, but thank you, thank you. Give them a hand. Take it with you, take it with you. Give them a hand. So, here's what's going on. Now, this angel said, Mary, Mary's asking a question. Mary's saying, how, how could this possibly be seeing that I don't know a man? But this is the fulfillment of what Isaiah said. Everybody say what Isaiah said. Isaiah said that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted as God with us. The angel told Mary, you're going to have a son, you're going to call his name Jesus, and he'll be known as the son of the Most High. She said, how's this going to happen? Because I don't know a man. And God is thinking, you know, I've gone through all these people And nothing gets any more powerful. But it just keeps getting weaker as it goes down the line. You can't depend on man to fulfill your problems or take care of your needs. 
But when it comes to Jesus, something unique happens. God broke the line, and he goes back to the main source. Everybody say, Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. (laughs) I always wondered where that song came from. I I, I thought that was so unique. God said, Joseph, I I know you're part of the line of David. And as far as people look, I'm going to connect you in. But you're not going to be where Jesus gets his flow. It's going to come directly from me. I'm going to do with the second Adam what the first Adam couldn't get done. I'm going to become flesh. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. This gets powerful. Everybody say, he's on the main line. This is in John chapter 3, verse 31. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things. But he's come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. For he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God, get this, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The Father loves His Son and has put everything into His hands. And anyone who believes in God's sons has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. What's he saying? He's saying he's going to get it without limit. Everybody say he received it without measure. Why? How? Because he went back to the main line. God is his father. Mary said, how's this going to happen? The angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive and you're going to give birth to a son. Everybody say, it's getting powerful. Now watch this. Watch what happens because Jesus shows up and listen to this. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So the thirsty, everybody say the thirsty. Whosoever will. Come on, say with me. Whosoever will, let him come. Have you ever been thirsty before? Hey, give me some light up here. Have you ever been real thirsty? Are you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty for God? The scripture says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for they're going to be what? Oh, are they getting ready to be filled? So here's what Jesus does. Jesus is tired of all the hubbub of religion. And so he, he makes up his mind, I'm going to change some things up. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, All you got to do is get to the spout where the glory comes out. Everybody say, Jesus! 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 Oh, Jesus! Oh, Oh, there it is. Oh, 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 yes! Yes, I feel it now. I feel it. It's like, everybody say it with me. It's like a, it's, I started to say it's like a fire. It's, it's like a river that's flowing out of me. Come on and stand to your feet and give him praise in this house. That's, oh, you all right? Here's what you've got to get and understand. Is that God isn't reaching to us like he reached to others. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 1, and I believe it's in verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke to the fathers in times past by the prophets hath in these later times chosen to speak to us through his son. What's he saying? He's saying what I want to give you isn't something that's secondhand. What I want to do for you isn't some small trickle that's been flowing down Adam's line and everybody kind of getting stuff stuck up in it. I mean, think about it, man. We had people in there like 
Hezekiah's father, I believe his name was Manasseh, offering his children as sacrifice. Just We had folks in there that were blowing it. Asa that had watched God give him deliverance and then turns his back on God. But I don't have to look that far back to find folks that messed up. All I need to do is look in the mirror and I'm looking at one face to face. So if I'm looking at myself, then my hope is gone because I can't save me. I can't rescue me and I can't free me. But the scripture said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. That when you choose to quit following after your own path and you start looking for the path of God, guess what happens? Things change in your life. I don't want you to take this wrong, but I want you to hear what I'm going to say. I wasn't raised in church. And please don't take wrong what I'm going to get, what I'm getting ready to say. But sometimes I thank God that I wasn't because I've, I've seen what can happen. It doesn't, it doesn't have to happen, but I've seen what can happen when you're raised in church. You take it for granted. It's no big deal. It's just the same old, same old. I've, I've, I've watched people that went to church their whole life and, and it had no impact on them. The message, it was just a, oh, you know, let's go to church and let's sit in the back. Let's go do this and let's talk and let's pass notes and let's do this. And how many of you know what I'm talking about? When I stepped into the church house, I had an encounter with someone I'd never met. I heard about him, but I'd never met him. And when I felt what I felt, I thought, I don't know what this is, but this is something that's real. And it's been real ever since. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. If you need a blessing, tell him what you want. If you need salvation, Tell him what you want. If you need deliverance, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line now. What was coming through that, that trickle that was coming through that pipe was not going to bring any hope at all to Legion. But there was someone that broke tradition. He's a high priest, but not after the order of Aaron. <laughs> He's a king, but it didn't come through the firstborn's line of Reuben. So what God does is he says, I'm going to give you direct access to me through him. Listen to this scripture, this final scripture. This is in 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. When they crucified him, they didn't get rid of him. I was in the conference room several years ago when I first got here, and I was getting ready to work on a switch. And I went into the back, and I hit a breaker that said conference room, shut it off. No source of power there. And there wasn't to the plug-ins. But the lights never go off. <laughs> the light switches are always powered up. Everybody say, Jesus is the light. And you can't cut him off. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I got my screwdriver out 
And I went past the plate and got to the main source. And I was in there with that screwdriver when all of a sudden I felt it. My wife and another lady in that room thought I was playing. Have you ever seen the cartoon Felix the Cat when he gets a hold of electric and his whole body goes like that and all you see is his skeleton? I know exactly how that feels. I got past the facade, everybody say the plate. Everybody say the plastic. That's what that plate's made out of is plastic. Everybody say the plastic. How many times are we just plastic? How many times do we... If it's not real, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in plastic. I'm not interested, and don't, don't misunderstand what I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm not throwing off on anybody. I'm just telling you, I've been around that praise the Lord, brother. How are you? God is so good. And is that the way you talk to your dad? Hello, Father. So good to see you today. You're looking wonderful. Especially when you need something. It's usually, hey, Dad, can I talk to you? I need some help. And I don't know where else to go. And Dad says, well, sit down here and tell me about it. And Dad figures a way out of it. And it's more than dad, it's Abba. It's not dad, it's daddy. My son went hunting with me years ago. We were in the woods. We were in woods that we didn't know. And he got down out of his stand and started walking around. I thought, what is he doing, man? And I sat there and he started going, dad, dad. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to yell. I'm going to give away my place I'm hunting. And so he's walking around, dad, dad. And I don't say a word. I'm thinking, well, maybe he'll kick a deer up to me. And then all of a sudden, I heard him say, Daddy! When that boy said, Daddy, something happened inside of me. And I immediately answered. I said, what is it, son? What's wrong? He said, Daddy, he said, I'm lost, and I don't know where I'm at. I can't find my way out. And I said, son, I know exactly where you are. Just keep moving toward my voice. Just keep moving. To, isn't that what God does for us? He knows exactly where you are, and he's just saying, keep following me. Keep listening to me. I want to get you connected. Let me get you on the main line. Just keep moving toward me. So he continued moving toward me, and all of a sudden I heard a gun go off. And he wasn't hollering, Daddy, anymore. I was yelling, Son, son, are you all right? Son! And he said, Yeah, Dad, I'm all right. I said, Why did you shoot that gun? He said, Well, he said, I got nervous. I couldn't hear you, so I thought I'd shoot my gun. Isn't that what we do? We get in a panic mode and everything blows up. We get to that place where we're not sure where he's at. And, and instead of just trusting him and calling to him, sometimes we do things we wish we hadn't. Boom! How many of you have ever had something blow up on you before? You know what I'm talking about? A situation blow up in your face? Something that you'd put in the hands of God and then you took it back out of the hands of God only to find out you were going to have to put it back in the hands of God. I'm here to tell you today that no matter where you are on your journey, there's hope at the end of the conduit. Don't distance yourself from the flow. Don't keep getting further and further away from Him. Bring yourself back to where He's at and embrace him and say, here I am, God. I need you. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I'll go with you to the end of the earth. You're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I, I need him. I need 
I feel like I'm at that trickle stage in my life. I, I don't know how I got there, but somehow I feel like I've drifted away from the source and I'm, I'm, I got a trickle going on and I'm thirsty. And as much as Paul and Gina wanted me to do that to them, I wanted to do it more. As much as you're saying, God, I need you, I love you, God loves you more. He wants to reach out and rescue you. He wants to quench the thirst of your soul. So if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I need that hope, I want you to come forward right now, real quick. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, God's able to get it to you if you just let him. Everybody say, I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him. I'm going to hold for just a moment. This is Thanksgiving. It's a time to be thankful to God, a time to praise God for all that he's done for us. So if you don't have a need, then this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to come and stand behind those that do. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to connect hands with one another. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Because see, you can flow to her. You can encourage her with conversation, with talk, and you can encourage her, and you can encourage her, and it's, and, and it's going, it's moving horizontally. But you can't just have a horizontal relationship with God. You need a vertical one. You need one where you're not just pouring into others, but you need one where God's pouring directly into you. Everybody say, directly into me. I'm not just getting it through the preacher. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not waiting till Sunday morning to get my cup full, but I'm meeting with God on a vertical relationship every day. I'm asking God, I'm raising my hands this way and not like that. I'm raising my hands up saying, God, I, here I am. Pour it out on me, God. Just pour it out on me. Are you ready for it? Then raise those hands up with me right now. now hear me. Let God be God for you. You're never going to be able to help someone else until you've helped yourself to the throne of grace. Are you, are you with me right now? Raise those hands up and let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Sing it, guys. Sing it. Sing it. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. with hiding he said I come to the father I run to the father again and again and again come on say it with me again and again and again somebody said how come you so excited because I've been in his presence again and again and again I found out I can't live without him for one day I need him again and again and again I had somebody look at me one time and said you get a little too excited I said I'd rather calm down a fanatic than try and raise a dead man I'm telling you the truth it's time for us to say here I am God and let him do it over and over and over in your life are you ready for it this is what I want you to do hold it just a second hold it just a second give me some of that yeah, thank you. Okay, I want you to stay with me here just a second. I'm going to, I promise I'm going to let you go right after this, all right? You remember what they were getting? Did that feel good? Did it, it was refreshing, wasn't it? Very refreshing. 
So we're in, we're in uh, San Antonio. I got a motorhome, pulled onto this church's lot. We're preaching revival. Revival had ended. The pastor took us to go see the Alamo. We come back, and it's pouring down rain. And the pastor looked at me, and he said, you've got to get that motorhome out of that churchyard, or you're going to get stuck, and it's going to be over. You'll, you, you'll be bogged down. So I'm running, and I had left my awning out. Everybody say awning. So it had been raining really hard. And I'm, I'm trying to get everything put together. And I go up to the awning, and I grab the awning, and I lift it up. I got a refreshing like you can't imagine. It was like a waterfall. Niagara came down. I'm telling you, when I came down like this, it was literally like somebody took a 55-gallon bucket and dumped the thing up like that, and it just whoosh. And I am soaked. And I looked over in the car, and my wife is in the car laughing her head off. And the pastor's in the car laughing his head off. And the pastor's wife is laughing their head off. What's the point? When you get blessed, it makes people happy. When you quit living in the desert and you start letting God saturate you with his presence, it makes people happy. How many of you mamas would be happy to see your children saturated with the presence of God? How many of you wives would be happy to see your husband saturated with the presence of God. It just does something to you. My brother looked at me one time. Paul used to, you know, he'd get excited. He'd start dancing in the spirit. What that means is not that you're dancing with the spirit, but it means he'd get overjoyed and, man, just start bouncing, you know, around and all that. And I I used to, man, I'm going to be honest with you, I used to make fun of him. I said, man, you showed out. And he said, one of these days that's going to happen to you. I said, "Uh uh-uh. You give me a handkerchief, let me cry, and I'm happy. I'm fine, just like that. God is my witness. I went to church one night. I'm up praising God. Don't ask me how this happens. I'm just telling you what my experience was. I'm up. I got my hands raised praising God. You remember me telling you about getting into that, and it, I got into it that night. I had my hands up, and all of a sudden, I felt something come over me, and my brother came up to me and grabbed my legs put his hands on my legs and started praying and he said loose him Lord and I thought and if you this isn't familiar to you it wasn't familiar to me either (laughs) and all of a sudden man I felt something get in my legs and I was going no feet no and God was going go feet go and I'm telling you all of a sudden man something hit me I'm literally chasing my feet across the platform thinking what in the world is happening to me you've got to understand this God is a lot bigger than we give him credit for God sometimes just lets us know how powerful he is and it's time that we quit trying to be calm cool and collected and start saying here I am God pour it out on me I'm not talking about y'all running around the building. I'm talking about letting God touch you in such a way that when you leave here, you have to share it with somebody. You have to tell somebody. You have to let somebody else know how good God's been. How many of you need something from God today? We're going to end with this song today. How many of you need something from God? Raise your hand if you need something. I want you to just raise it up, call it out. We're going to start singing this song, Jesus, on the main line. And when we get to whatever part it is you need, when we say Jesus on the, if you need a, you fill in the blank. Okay? Whatever it is you need, you fill in the blank. And I want you to believe God for it right now. How many believe that God's big enough to meet your needs? He's, the Bible said that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think. That means we serve a big God. So everybody go, I'm getting mine right now. Are you ready? Hit it. Give, give it to me. Well, Jesus on the main line, tell me what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell me what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell me what you want. Jesus on the
you in a word of prayer but before we do this is what I want you to get and I, I, I if you don't get anything else I said today get this if we don't get I'm not talking about working something up or something phony but if we're not genuinely excited as an individual in our heart about serving God then you're not going to convince anybody else to serve him. When I got saved, I had guys come up to me that I ran around with and did some stuff that I'm, I'm not going to tell you about. And they came up to me and they looked at me and they said, Rick, you're different. What happened? And I said, man, let me tell you what happened. And I started in and they said, ho, ho, ho. No, that, that's okay. I said, no, man, you ask. So I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> My brother was on drugs, and I hated drugs. I was like seven up, never had it, never will. But my brother got on drugs, and I saw the way it was affecting our family, and I got really angry. And my sister got exposed to it, and all around where I lived, man, it was just... People wouldn't go down in the village at night. But that's where God met me. I hear people talking about, well, if I can get my life straightened out, then I'm going to give my life to God. If you could straighten your own life out, you wouldn't need God. You can't do it. He came. He comes to where we're at. He comes and rescues us in our mess. In our situation if we let him how many of you ever had selective hearing women how many of you husbands have selective or your husbands have selective hearing you know what I'm talking about hey, I need you to pack the trash out they make fun of my my I've got a granddaughter and she just stares at the television just... everybody said boy we know who she got that after I said who Because I'm focused. We got to get focused on the right thing. And we need to let God be God. And when He speaks to us, do what He's asking us to do. So grab your neighbor by the hand, look him right in the eye, and say it with me I'm taking it to the main line. I'm going to get hooked up direct. I'm not going to get no trickle-down salvation. I am getting plugged in to the main line of God. Amen. Let's praise Him one more time. Give Him a hand clap of praise in this house. This week is Thanksgiving. 
Share the love of God with someone. Be thankful for family. Make sure to tell someone about Jesus. God bless you. We love you in here. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for what you've done. We pray your blessing on each one as we go. And Father, bring us back again in your name. We give you praise. Amen. God bless you today. It feels like the end.